I'm going to hand over the mic here to my beautiful wife, Dawn, if you don't know her. Uh, we lead together in various fashions, and a couple, uh, maybe a little more than a month ago, she shared with me that she just had a sense that the, the Holy Spirit was speaking a, a prophetic word over our church, and we talked about it, prayed about it. She shared it before uh, just a few weeks ago at the beginning of worship time, but I feel like it's like it right on the money for such a time as this, for this season, and something that really we all need to... Uh, get encouraged by, get challenged by, bask in and dig into the Word of God to, just to see the, the truth and beauty of it. So thank you, Jesus, that you are with Donnie this morning and that you have, I believe, a, just a good, uh, encouraging and challenging Word uh, for us as a church family, uh, deeply rooted in, in your Word. And so we just ask that your Holy Spirit would continue just to be with Donnie, fill her up, and may we, as she uh, releases the fire of your passion and your Word that we would receive good news that you have for each and every one of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> yeah. I love you guys. <laughs> You're awesome. You know, we are small, but we're mighty, and we just have... All of these hearts of worshipers in this room. We just never want to leave his presence, right? I just, I love all of you. I appreciate you all so much. I feel like none of you need to hear this message, but I, <laughs> no, 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 that's not, this is a message for all of us. This is a promise from God for all of us. This is a call from God for all of us to step into the more of his presence, to experience the more of his revival, to experience his power pouring out like we have never seen before. Yeah? So this message is about worship. And I actually want to add one little thing that wasn't a part of the message and it is a verse that Khalid mentioned, John 4, I believe, that he's looking for worshipers that worship in spirit and in truth. And as we begin this message on worship, on pouring our hearts out before the Lord, I want us to know that worship is never fake. It's never just lifting praise up to God that we aren't authentically connecting with. That verse in John 4, was it, is it 4? About worshiping in spirit and in truth. Truth actually in the Greek, that word truth means nothing is hidden. So if you're having a rough time and you're struggling, you're just coming before him and laying it all at his feet telling him that he's all that you need and that you're hurting right now. There's no faking. And if we're faking, it's not worship. Right? Okay. So, got that out of the way. Now let's move on to the message, yeah? All right. So, I don't even need to ask this question, but I'm going to ask this question. 
because I want to give you all the chance to say yes. And I also believe that within this question, the things that I'm going to go over are a word from the Lord for this house of worship, elevation for what he wants to do. Okay. Who here wants our church to become even more, and I say more because we've already experienced this to the degree, to a degree, absolutely, and we don't want to, we don't want to not appreciate and give God glory and praise for what has already happened. Because as we steward well the gifts that he has been, that he has given us, as we praise him and glorify him for them, he pours out the more. So I am in no way saying that we have not experienced this because we have. And he's so good, right? Okay. Who here wants our church to become even more of a place of encounter? More, more of a place where God's glory dwells. Who wants our church to be an epicenter of revival and a place? <laughs> I love you guys. And a place that is known for being filled and saturated with the presence of God. That his presence is so thick. We can feel it on our hearts. It is tangible. It is here. He is present. He is healing. He is moving. He is reviving always in all things, in every part of our lives. Amen? That's what he's saying. He wants to do that more. 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 <laughs> Woo! I can, I can just end right there. Just, let's just worship, right? Let's just worship. That's all I want to do is just worship all the time. Uh, all right, so over the last month, God has been speaking to me about his manifest presence among us like this. And I've been sensing a prophetic word for our church family, namely what I just said, an invitation and a promise from God with action steps. There are actually a few things that Casey and I have been sensing that the Lord has been highlighting that are the action steps, but today the action step that I'm going to specifically talk about is the corporate worship element. He wants to break out among us in corporate worship. Sound good? Do we want this place to be just a boombox nest of praise that the angels, the angels see from far and wide and they just see and sense the presence of God and they're like, I'm going there to fill up. <laughs> I've been assigned to earth and it's a dry and weary land, but look, it's a place of springs where the king of glory resides and remains. Yeah? All right. Let's dig into the word of God. Yeah. Come, Lord Jesus. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. <laughs> okay. So like I said, 
The subject we're delving into today is corporate worship as a powerful way that God has given us to press into his presence and to see him break through among us, to see heaven literally tangibly break through. And when I say heaven, I mean the presence of God because heaven is heaven because it's about the presence of God because heaven is heaven because it's under the rule and the reign of God. It's all about God. He's the end all be all. He is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega and everything we need, everything our soul longs for. He's the glory. He is glory. He is Shekinah glory. Okay, I'm going off on tangents. Because he's just good, right? Okay. Point number one. I'm getting organized and civilized now, very briefly. (laughs) Point number one. Corporate worship greatly matters to God. And if it matters to God, it should matter to us. I know a lot of, uh, for a lot of people, it can be kind of like, you know, I really just connect with God on my own. I don't need to go to church on Sundays to fellowship with believers. I don't need to go to church on Sunday to worship with other believers. That's a whole nother message about going to church on Sunday, but God designs us to live in fellowship. And if you have the physical capacity to get up and come to church, then that is a divine order if you want to experience the wellness and the thriving and the goodness, the perseverance, the strength, the wholeness of God in your life. Get up and get to church and get in fellowship. All right, that was a side note. But worship, corporate worship, matters to God. It matters so much to God. And I want to dig into a scripture that is pretty much the end-all, (laughs) be-all. Because it actually is a scripture about the end of time, the consummation of all things. So it's kind of the end-all, be-all. But before we go there, I want to clarify that corporate worship worship isn't the only kind of worship we bring to God. There are so many ways that we worship God. In fact, every single way that our life comes under the lordship and the rule and the reign of Jesus is worship. But today, I am highlighting, and I feel like God is highlighting for us, corporate worship and some action steps so that he can fill this place with his glory even more. Yeah? Okay. So we're going to go to the end-all, be-all verse. That is literally the end-all, be-all verse. We're going to look at Revelation as the theological backing that shows us how much worship matters to God. So we're going to read Revelation 7, 9 to 12 together now. So this is a picture of heaven at the end of time for all eternity. And what is happening? Let's find out. It's a big surprise, right? (laughs) Verse 9. 
After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. That's so good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting like hit with the presence of God. <laughs> okay. So what we see here in this passion, I mean in this passage in Revelation, and this passion in Revelation, when God fully reigns, when his kingdom is fully consummated, when his will is fully done, it's a picture of every tribe, tongue, and nation united under the lordship of Jesus around the throne, bringing gratitude, praise, and worship as the fragrant offering that rises up around the throne for all of eternity. Amen. That's a picture of heaven. So I think we can safely say that corporate worship matters to God so much that one of the greatest pictures that God has given us of what eternity in heaven looks like is the image of the body of Christ coming together in corporate worship. Amen. Worship. Right? Amen. Amen and amen. Corporate worship matters to God. And if it matters to God, it needs to matter to us. Number two civilized for one more moment. <laughs> he dwells with us in corporate worship. He dwells with us as we mirror as we we are mirroring heaven as we what what an amazing gift here and now we get to join in with heaven. As we sing, as we gather every nation, tongue, and tribe that we have here in our little church body, we get to join with heaven and his presence breaks out among us. We're going to go into more of how he does that. And I want us to just be soaking in these words from the scriptures so that we can be continuing to attach our faith to the realities that are in his word, that his presence literally dwells among us as we praise more and more and more. And as we press into corporate worship, this place is going to be continually filled 
with his praise, with his presence, building, growing, becoming the radiant bride that shines the light of the world, of the Messiah to the world around us. Oh, Jesus. Okay, I want to get through this. <laughs> All right. So this point is not only that he dwells with us in corporate worship, but it's also that your praise matters. Our praise matters. Our praise together corporately matters if we want to cultivate a culture where the heavens, heaven is manifest and collides. And it's like people walk in and this is a different place. This is a place of the king's reign, the manifest presence of his glory. And we have this gift to cultivate this all the more. Every time we gather in corporate worship from beginning to end, he is building, he is growing a building of his presence that will not stop. And he wants us like a spearhead to just run and charge as a church body into this. Because this place, this house of worship, this church, elevation, God's church, is meant to become an oasis, a place of springs of God's glory in the desert. Dwelling place. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> All right. Psalm 22, verse 3, ESV. Civilized once more. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. This verse is even more incredible when we dig into the Hebrew. The word enthroned is the Hebrew word yashav. So the English word that we interpret as enthroned is the Hebrew word yashav, and it actually means to inhabit. You inhabit the praises of your people. You inhabit. Inhabit also means, when you delve into the, the intricacies of the Greek, it means dwelling, sitting down, resting and remaining. So as we lift our praises to him, he inhabits our praises. He sits down, he rests, and he remains. Wow. What a gift. What a gift. And I also love here as well, so this, is, this can be interpreted that as we worship individually that we can experience this. How many of us have experienced that? When we, there's, we just feel oppression and difficulty and we just start lifting up praise and worship and the atmosphere changes. 
His presence fills the place. But I think there's also something a little more potent in this verse. It's not about us individually because you are. In, it says you are enthroned. You inhabit the praises of Israel. There is a collective. There is a collective in the manifestation of his presence, of the more of his presence. There's a collective here, right? So... This verse quite literally means in the Hebrew that he is not just enthroned upon our praises, that he inhabits our praises. He rests upon us. He fills this place. He dwells here among us. And I would even do, I kind of did my own paraphrase, the Donnie paraphrase, (laughs) based on the Hebrew to capture all of this in the verse. Yet you are holy Your very presence literally inhabits the praises of your people. As they praise you, you dwell among them. Your presence actually rests upon them and in them as they praise you. What a gift. What a gift we have. And this verse says, it's on the praises of Israel. There's a call to come together to mirror what is in heaven and so dear to the heart of God, corporately coming, bringing all of our praise. We are going to see this place continue, and I say continue because it already has, to continue to grow into an oasis of his rich presence as each and every one of us brings our praise. So, for each person, this is God's truth over you. He literally inhabits your praise. Your praise brings his manifest presence. So when it comes to the breakthrough of the manifest presence of God in corporate worship, you matter. Every person matters, right? Every member of this body of Christ here at Elevation Church matters. When we worship together, we experience a greater measure of corporate breakthrough of the presence of God because of each individual person's praise in this room. Right? It's true. So upon my praise, his presence is sitting. On your praise, his presence is sitting. On your praise, his presence is sitting. And what happens when half the people are in the room? We miss out on half the glory. This is a call to be present in worship from beginning to end. To cherish this time of corporate worship as an invitation to a divine appointment. For him to inhabit this place and fill us, to fill us. He is in our midst when we come in worship. And we need to make a priority of coming to this divine 
appointment, this gift of what heaven is upon earth. I want to share an analogy that illustrates this concept really well. It's an image of a device called an electrical conduit. That's like, it's not the whole image, but that's okay. Oh, anyway, it's not the image that I saw last night, but that's okay. It's good enough. It's good enough. God will work with it. <laughs> okay. An, an electrical conduit is a structure that harnesses, transfers, and delivers power. It has all these little tiny copper wires that individually carry their own electrical current. So you can see, see the little tiny copper wires? See the, and they each carry their own electrical current. They each carry through their worship their own presence, manifestation of the presence of God. And what happens when they all come together? There's power. There's great power. There is so much more power than there is when, when they are alone. The little tiny wires. There's power. There is promise. His presence reigns when we come together, right? So this is like us. This is like us. When we come together in worship, these little tiny wires on their own can't power anything. But when they are all connected like this, they can power a mighty machine. Yeah? And so it is with us. I want to say this again. God literally inhabits each of our praise as we join together in corporate worship, there is a greater measure and breakthrough of his presence because he inhabits your worship and 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 your worship. More, Lord, more glory. Get your butts in the seats. In corporate worship, because we want to see heaven birthed here and growing, growing, more glory, more Jesus, more glory. All right. <laughs> All right. This idea of a greater measure of the presence of God happening as a result of believers coming together is seen in many scriptures. I want to bring up just one of them now because they're the words of Jesus. And I want to highlight this biblical concept. So Jesus says in Matthew 18, 20, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I will be there. So where two or more gather, he says he will be there. Now he's still with us when we're alone. And he knows that, right? Because he says all over his word that he's with us wherever we go, right? To the end of the age. He's always with us. But Jesus is highlighting here that when we gather together, there is a greater measure of his presence that we will experience. In this age 
of individualism and online church and everything separate, that is the devil trying to rob us of our ch- of every church becoming a habitation and a holy place filled with the glory of the Most High God. And we're not going to let him win. This house, this place of praise belongs to Jesus. And we are going to see him reign more and more and more as we in hot pursuit pursue him in corporate worship and see his manifest presence continue to be birthed among us day by day by day. Okay. (laughs) Now to the challenge portion. And I I just want to preface this. I am in no way challenging you like you're bad and you're doing something wrong. This challenge came out of my own walk with God. He got me with it first. (laughs) Right? He convicted me with it first. Because, and you know what? When he leads us in repentance and when he convicts us, it's love because he has more for us. He has better for us. He has glory for us in exchange for the ashes that we have accepted and been living in. So anytime that God challenges us, it is his love. It is not in judgment. It is not in condemnation. He did not come to condemn the world. He came to save us. He came to deliver us. He came to unite us with him and transform us into his image and release his glory on earth. Okay, I'm just going, 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 going. All right. Corporate worship is a treasure from heaven for the body of Christ to minister to the heart of God in a way that deeply matters to God. So I want us to keep this in mind. It deeply matters to God. Sometimes we don't feel like it. It deeply matters to God. Even if we got nothing out of it, even if it wasn't a place of his presence and we didn't get to come and be revived and refreshed, Just the fact that it means the world to him should matter to us. And to be able to have our souls filled with this love that we can actually bring him a gift? What? We can bring him something. We get to bring him something. And our corporate worship is a gift that we get to lay before him. It's a sweet incense to him. And that is such a beautiful, sweet thing that we get to treasure, that we get to bring God a gift. Wow. And it is also a way, as we've been discussing, for us to press into and experience the manifestation of God as his presence inhabits our praises. So I want to ask us some questions that kind of bring all of this home and kind of bring it down to the nitty-gritty, as Nacho Libre says. 
Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. During corporate worship on Sunday mornings, how many of you notice a shift in the atmosphere when you compare the sense of God's presence during the first song of worship compared to the sense of God's presence in the last songs? Do you notice that there is a depth and a richness as we get deeper into worship and press into his presence? Yeah? As we have more time in his presence together, a.k.a. be on time because it matters. It's a divine appointment. As we have more time in his presence together, it's like his presence grows and saturates this place and fills it deeper, farther, wider, more, right? And how many of us notice a difference in the presence of God in the room when there are more people present pouring out their praise during worship? I definitely notice a difference, and I can feel that he's literally inhabiting our praises, just like that verse says. The more hearts that are in the room praising, the more of his presence is felt among us, right? And how many of you notice a difference in the presence of God in the room in the first few songs when very few people are here compared to later on in worship when everybody kind of trickles in? There's a difference. There's a difference. We've been given a gift that God doesn't want us to miss out on. We've been given a precious gift. We have time every Sunday where we begin, and God is inviting all of us to make a priority of being here before the whistle blows, of getting here and making a priority to be here from the first song to the last. Because we value him. We value his presence. Because we are being obedient to the call of God saying, I want to fill this place with my presence. I want to saturate this place with my praise. This place, elevation, is going to be a dwelling place of the most high God. But you have to build it. And you have to show up. And it will build day upon day that you show up in worship and release your praise. His presence will come and fill this place. And it will stay. But we have to be hungry. We have to show up. We have to want him. And he will fill us. He fills the hungry. He satisfies the hungry with good things. So we just... I'm going to go off the script for a while. I kind of always do that. I just want to pray right now. Jesus, make us hungry. Make us famished. 
make us so famished that we prioritize being here from the very moment that worship starts so that we can be in your presence. We don't want to miss that divine appointment. Amen. Amen. Okay, I need to move on to the rest of the message. <laughs> uh, I just love God. Okay. So, that being said, if most of us miss the first couple of songs, then we quite literally miss out on a measure of the manifest presence of God among us, both personally and corporately. And we miss out on the fullness of the move of God that he wants to do that morning. We miss it, and it's our fault. Just saying. <laughs> There's grace for circumstances and situations, and you will never receive judgment if you come in late for worship. We are happy that you're here. If Jesus doesn't condemn you, then we better shut our mouths and not condemn anybody. But this is an invitation from God to unite as a body to see his glory dwell here. Right? And it's an invitation to make coming on time a priority for this divine appointment, this divine gift that we have every week to open up the heavens and we get to stay there. The breakthrough that we experience in worship stays with us. It's an open heaven. And we will see the more of his presence, of his goodness, of his healing, of his signs, of his wonders, of his revival over every cell in our bodies, over our spirits, over our souls, over this community, over our nation. It will spread like a contagious, glorious, not disease, but, but power. <laughs> right? It's contagious. He is contagious, and he is all-powerful. And he wants us to be a place where our hearts, like deep, cries out to deep, and we hunger and we thirst for him. So I even want to be asking us, each individually in our own walks with God, to be asking God to fill us with hunger to fill us with hunger so that when we come in worship, there is so much that is drawing and pulling on the presence of God. There will be a birthing of a move of God through elevation that we will steward well as God rises up among us in his glory in signs and wonders, in ways that we could never have imagined that are exceedingly abundantly beyond all we could ask or imagine because that's who he is, but it takes our obedience. And there's a lot of things that we need to be obedient in, but God is highlighting this one thing of making an effort 
to be present from the beginning, making a priority to be present from the beginning to the end because this time of worship in this body is going to be a birthing place of the kingdom and the glory of God that will rise up as worship and incense to his throne forevermore. There is a movement that God wants to birth. And I'm going to go so far as to say there's a movement that God is birthing because I know that you all love the presence of God and you aren't going to let this pass you by. That you, We are all reaching our hands out to him right now. We are saying, yes, Jesus. We are saying, help me to be on time. Help, and you know, the funny thing is, is God when God convicted me of this, it was a while ago, and he was like, hey, Donnie, so... You're on time for doctor's appointments because you value the doctor's appointments and you don't want to miss out on the doctor or the good things that he's going to help you with for your well-being and your health. You don't miss out on the first 10 minutes, the first two songs. You don't miss out because you prioritize. And he was like, so even though you might have the gift of late, just kidding, he didn't say that to me. I, 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 it's, a, it's a joke. It's a joke, but I mean, it's true. Like, I'm just being honest with you. I am probably the princess of late. I have the gift of prophecy and probably the gift of late. No, I'm just being transparent with you guys that I stink at being on time. I stink. But I've made a priority because he is worthy. So I am like a groggy mess in the morning. I actually got one hour of sleep last night. We had like all sorts of bunny drama and I didn't get the worship done. I mean the message done even though it's just God just keeps talking and talking. And then I'm like I need to consolidate this. And anyways, is one, my point is there are times when there will be physical circumstances where we can't make it. But in America, we do the cop out way too easily. So there's grace, and I want you to hear this. If you come in late and you've had a hard morning, there is never going to be judgment for you in this place. We want you here. So come in late. I don't care if it's the last two seconds of worship because your worship matters, and we want you to experience the blessing and the power of God. So there's no condemnation. But what an invitation we have. That as we make a priority to not miss out on this divine appointment, that there's literally going to be this heavenly transfusion of what is in heaven transfusing down upon us. Where he is in our very midst and it continues and it grows. So I wanted to end by asking the same two questions, or the same questions that I asked in the beginning of the message, but I feel like this is a season where the bride is making herself ready. So when I ask the questions, I want us as a church body to say, I do, to the Lord. Yeah? Okay. <clears throat> 
Who here wants our church to become even more of a place of encounter, more of a place where God's glory dwells? Who wants our church to be an epicenter of revival that God is calling us to and a place known for being filled with the manifest presence of God, a place that is called an oasis in the desert, a place where the river, you know that, I'm going to add one more thing. Do you know that Riverside was prophetically named? Because we are meant to, that this whole county of Riverside is prophetically named by God because we are meant to be a river in the desert, a river of the glory of God in the desert. Okay, so back to the I do's. Who wants our church to be an epicenter of revival and a place of praise to the ends of the earth? I do. I do. Woo. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. And are you willing? These are like vows, like marriage vows. And are you willing to give your best effort to make the sacrifice to be present for worship from beginning to end so that we can cultivate this culture of worship, this habitation of God this place of praise, this birthing of heaven on earth as a church family and see his glory pour out in ways that we only imagined. Are you willing? I do. Woo! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. (laughs) Have your way, Jesus. We're all yours. Full speed ahead. Dance.